what you'll see is he'll go past one or two players with a bit of skill and then it looks as if he's just about to give the ball away and then he gets that last touch and then that's that's what makes the that that's what makes the fans gasp that that's the little sort of that's the extra play he goes past that you just think fucking hell how did he do that I think it would lift the spirits of the nation I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco bro People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the football spin. It's a football spin on an early, early. Uh, Tuesday morning, isn't that right, Ruben Pinder? This... Uh, earliest I've been up in months. <laughs> yeah, well, look at it. It's nice to have you along. Ruben Pinder is here. Nordin Chowdhury is here. So we are here to talk about uh, Europa League, um, which I'm sure you guys watched last night. Uh, Manchester United defeating FC Copenhagen. And we'll also on the show be catching up with Gaithka Mendieta, who Ruben was chatting to ahead of the Champions League, the big fixture being Barcelona against Bayern Munich. Of course, Gaithka uh, has played for Barcelona and has played in the Champions League at the highest level. I'm looking forward to hearing from him on the show. Now, as I just wanted to start off by mentioning, I think a player that a lot of people were talking about uh, after the game, that's Carl Johan Johnson, the goalkeeper, who ended the night with 13 saves. Uh, I think that was a, a joint Europa League record. Hadn't been bettered since 2009, which says an awful lot about the, the dominance of Manchester United but I, I had to laugh at sort of the amount of United fans and there were quite a few that were more or less like straight after the game and during the game like it was an incredible performance like he was brilliant uh, that were saying like we have to sign this man immediately and he is the new Manchester United number one like just let's forget about David De Gea um, so I've been onto Wikipedia I said oh, I'll have to check out as you're watching because I've never heard of Carl Johan Johnson before to be honest yeah. And I thought, who's this, uh, you know, um, exciting Swedish under-21 international that I need to know more about? No. Of course, Carl Johan Johnson, 30 years of age. And, like, if you scan down through his uh, his uh, his teams played for, I was, like, groggily doing it this morning. And one of the teams is, I read it as Rangers. I was like, fucking hell, he played for Rangers for two years. I don't remember a single thing. But, no, it's not Rangers. It's Randers FC who play in the Danish Superliga. Um, Ruben, you probably know all about Randers FC. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Massive. Yeah, he was he pioneered a style of goalkeeping in um, <laughs> clicks on Randers FC in, De- in Denmark. He's played all of his career, to be fair, in Northern Europe between um, Sweden and Denmark, obviously with FC Copenhagen. And he did play in it for a short time with Guigamp in um, France. Um, Nas, are you ready to install him as United number one? <laughs> it was, it was, it was so funny. It's, it's, it's exactly like he said. Like, like everyone was getting very excited. Uh, it was, it was, it was a little bit like the other end. Obviously, uh, Rasmus Falke did that little bit of skill, that that, that redondo uh, skill at the at the touchline, and like it's, it's kind of like I, I think a lot of people had the same sort of uh, process with with both players where they got excited. Both, uh, Googled both players, realized that they were both like 28, 29, 30, 
that arse back here. <laughs> Maybe they're not the next big thing. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like 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 uh, Johnson or Johnson, um, like he's he had an absolute blinder. Like uh, he had the kind of performance against United that that Brad Friedel always used to have against United. Particularly in his in his Blackburn day, just 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 unstoppable. Like like the the kind of keeper who's like most of the time is like really dependable and sort of solid, but for some reason against United would just turn into fucking uh, octopus man and just uh, I I I don't I'm not a Marvel fan, so I don't know I don't know if there, if there is an octopus man, but but yeah, just just uh, just saving everything. I was I, I was saying to Ruben actually, it was such a weird game because. Um, in one sense, it felt really even, and 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 sort of like United certainly didn't feel as if they were dominating. But on the other on the other hand, like there were so many like there were so many shots against uh, against their keeper, and 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 uh, and obviously they didn't really bother United's uh, goalkeeper that much. Um, but yeah, it was it, it, like like it, it's it it still feels as if it's the kind of form that United finished the season in in that. Uh, the players just look absolutely knackered, like that, like they are, they are properly blown out of their asses. Like um, I felt really sorry for um, the likes of uh, Rashford um, and, uh, and 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 a few others um, that ju- that just sort of like Bruno Fernandez as well. That that, that were just uh, you could you could tell like they weren't playing as they can play just because they were they were so spent, so knackered, and uh, I think. If anything, it just uh, it just makes it even more apparent that that like major sort of uh, there needs to be major sort of uh, investment in the in in the summer or, or or the next few weeks to to get a few first team options in because because as as good as that United team can be when they when they're on form and and, and they're fit and and they're playing well um, beyond that first eleven, there's not much like like even like coming off the bench there wasn't that many options. Um, like in terms of exciting sort of uh, players that could get get goals or whatever, ended um, up with McTominay playing up front. Just yeah, well, league, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm slightly reticent to say that there was no options on 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 the bench just because Matic and Mata actually came on and did actually sort of just uh, Mata made a difference. I think. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 he gave it a bit of composure, but like just in just in terms of those exciting players that are sort of going that could be game changers. I mean, essentially, at the moment, it feels as if. Anyone who who would be a natural game changer off the bench is in the first team. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's kind of that's what I was thinking last night because you've got all of your most dynamic, uh, quickest players starting because they're your best players, and then you want to make a game changing sub and you have to bring on, um, you know, Mata who can't run or, or or Matic. Like, I mean, starting Fred and Pogba was a bit of a weird decision. Anyway, like, I, I don't think. They've played that often together uh, without a defensive midfielder behind them. Um, so somebody like Matic needed to come on to steady the ship a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's just the, the the options on the bench are, are not great. But um, but the the Martial c- c- came back into team and did very well last night. I thought he was outstanding. Like um, although he was really actually he got stronger as the game went on. Unlike a lot of the United players. Um, like, what was your uh, Nas or Ruben like in terms of Martial? Because he has had some a difficult time at Manchester United, but especially since the return, um, for to play, um, after the pandemic, 
Um, he has looked like a player that United can potentially build a team around. He always looks like he could eventually be that player. Like when I remember in was it fifteen sixteen when Louis Van Gaal was there, he looked really really good. And this was like that's the season that Rashford broke through. So before Rashford was even heard of, he was like the exciting attacker that everybody um, that everybody sort of had their hopes on, and and their attack went through him. And I think he only maybe got like 10 or 11 goals that season, but he looked really exciting. And then from then on, after LVG left, he just didn't really kick on. And Mourinho obviously hated him for whatever reason, um, because probably because he's young and not the finished product. Um, and it felt like United were, were sort of wasting him under Mourinho. Um, a comparison I made a few months back was Sadio Mane at Liverpool and Anthony Martial at United. Similar profiles of player. They both kind of like the left side. Obviously, Martial plays as a striker. But Mane has went into a functional team with a great coach and kicked on to like another level. And Martial was playing in a dysfunctional team with a coach that didn't like him and stagnated massively. But now, it looks like they've got a coach. Like Solskjaer's not a genius tactician, but he does seem to be able to improve these attackers individually and then when they all play together, it it kind of works because they've they've each individually improved, if that makes sense, instead of him devising this intricate system. Um, And Martial's kicked on under Solskjaer. And um, I I think it's good for United that him and Rashford seem to have found their natural places in the front three with Martial moving back to the middle and Rashford taking the spot on the left because for the last few years, it's been kind of unclear where each of them is deployed best. No, I was like, I watched last night and as the game unfurled and, and Martial became more of a force on the game and like, in fairness, Carl uh, Johan Janssen can thank Anthony Martial in many ways because he's the guy that uh, was taking the shots that he was doing so brilliantly to, to keep out but uh, and put himself in the shop window for lots of Premier League clubs, not just United. But um, like watching Martial last night, we've been, we've talked an awful lot about Greenwood and we've talked an awful lot about Rashford and United fans with good justification, are so excited about them. But it, it, it looked like last night like, well, actually, it's Anthony Martial that's going to be the main man, potentially, for United for maybe the next five or six years. Yeah, completely. I mean, I mean, he, he he's a player that I'd... Uh, admittedly, he's, he's a player that I'd kind of... Not given up on, but I just thought he's he, he's stagnated. Like a, like a few years ago, and I think... Uh, um, Ruben got it right when he kind of said like Mourinho wasn't the right manager for him. But like during that period, like so much about, and, and I'm not even talking because obviously like people point to the fact that he he naturally is a very cool personality. So so he's and again famously like with the whole sort of side eye looks that he always gives, like he he gives uh, this impression of, of a casual player. But but like more in the way he played, he 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 did give give off the impression that. He didn't have that um, that drive, that ambition to be the player that he could be, um, and that was why he was he was really frustrating. Uh, you don't get frustrated at people who are trying their best and just aren't good enough, or or even people who don't try and aren't very good. The people you get most annoyed about are the people that you can see something brilliant in, and 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 either don't see that in in themselves or don't bring that out and don't do their best to sort of. Um, to really polish that up, um, but um, he has become the player that I never thought he'd be. In 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 that, 
um he's combined all the elements to his game like he 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 has got uh he's he, he he's he's grown as a as a, as a man so he's stronger now he he's faster um and when when i say faster like he 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 always had pace but there's something about running with muscle um that 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 gives you a directness and it gives you sort of like uh, a momentum that that like a really fast like like a Dan James wouldn't have that because because he's really fast but he's not got that power to go with it he's not got that that ability to hold off players but Martial has now but also like he he's got this he combines that with this beautiful sort of uh, balance and uh, and the and, and and like the nimbleness of of like his 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 footwork um um. Ruben, what, what what's do you know do you know that 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 sort of like flip flap sort of Ronaldinho thing uh, that skill what is it called the one the, um, the one where it's sort of like you go one way and the other really quickly yeah flip flap yeah well 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 the thing with that is is is, 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 is I'm not saying that Martial does that but he's got an ability of of sort of changing the direction of the ball with his feet where it's sort of like it hardly. It hardly sort of like moves away from his foot, and and so often you'll see, particularly in the box, what you'll see is he'll go th- he'll go past one or two players with a bit of skill, and then it looks as if he's just about to give the ball away, and then he gets that last touch, and then that's that's what makes the that that's what makes the fans gasp. That that's the little sort of that's the extra player he goes past that you just think fucking hell, how did he do that? And he yeah, and he, does, would... he he does it so regularly, but like. Yeah. Sorry. Now, he—he—he—I he, he, suppose I suppose the most impressive thing with me now, for me now, and it's something that I never thought he had, was this talismanic sort of um, uh, feeling where, like, he is leading the team. He's—he's he's one of the players that that when United are playing shit or, or or when things are against them, he will sort of like drag the team to victory. And and, and like I never ever saw that. Yeah, there was a couple of dribbles um, last night that demonstrated exactly what you're talking about that one of them ended in an incredible last ditch tackle from the um Copenhagen center back but I love the way he kind of like what you're saying he he'll start dribbling in from the left and or or just or or from the right or wherever he gets the ball but normally from the left so that he can cut in and shoot and he'll kind of gradually get quicker and without the defenders really noticing and then suddenly he's running full pace at somebody in the box and can as you say change direction very quickly and United kind of focusing on that way of attacking these intricate moves and these intricate dribbles directly into the box is probably why they end up with so many penalties because they do end up with a lot of penalties but it's not it's not a it's not a conspiracy theory as some people would like to think it's just they've got very good dribblers that get fouled in the box Nazi reminds me a little bit of Thierry Henry now. I think, like, just when you said running with muscle, like, watching him last night, it's, I know it's an easy comparison. Um, there is a stylistic uh, similarity, though, like, definitely. Though, especially yeah. the way uh, the way Martial likes that same sort of trademark finish. Um, yeah, curling it in. Yeah. 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 You see, I, I, I mean, one thing that Ruben said that, that kind of struck a chord with me just then is, uh, do you know what you were saying, Ruben, that sort of. Uh, Solskjaer isn't, isn't, isn't like this or hasn't shown himself to be this genius tactician, but just gets the alchemy right and just know and sort of like uh, he seems to get the blend right. Like, do you and, and again, this, this, this is this is a sort of an outlandish comparison because Solskjaer has it all to prove. And, and the person I'm comparing to him, comparing him to now has, has achieved everything. But 
could an argument be made that like he's almost like a Del Bosque style manager in that he like he he gets a combination right and then and then essentially lets them play. Oh yeah, maybe I thought you were going to say Zidane actually. All um, oh, right, okay. Because well, Zidane again doesn't ha- doesn't really have um, a philosophy that he's you know famous for implementing. He took he took a squad of superstars and just kind of they all respected him, and then he he just managed each of them. Like his man management was his strength, and with Del Bosque. Um, he kind of had no option but to play a certain way with that Spain team, did he? Because like, <laughs> they wouldn't have accepted it if he was like, right, lads, um, Llorente is going to start up top, Xabi Ch- Alonso, aim for his head, and uh, Pedro, you just run in behind off him. Like, they wouldn't have had it. So they all knew what they were doing anyway, um, and he just had to sort of pick the right 11 for the game and, and, and have that command of respect. So in that sense, I think um, maybe that is the main benefit of, hiring a, a club legend um as as manager as a lot of teams are doing at the moment um is that command of respect and the players kind of they like him which goes a long way as as we've seen with other managers namely Mourinho for example um you know he's got a bigger body of work and uh tactically he's got his own ideas but you know if the players don't really like you then it's never going to work um, before we move on to other games, because we need to talk about um, potential the potential opponents for United on Sunday night, and we do we will be talking about Champions League as well. And I should have said we'll be chatting to Gareth Gamendieta as well on this show. Ruben will be, um, so do stick around. Um, before we go there, I Naz, you mentioned it earlier on um, that incredible piece of skill from Rasmus Falk. We've already had a flip flop on the show. I don't know what you call that. I've, um, I think I've, what, I've just had a quick look. Is, is it is it also called an elastico? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think um, the original Ronaldo actually uh, invented that that move, oh. and then Ronaldinho made it famous by um, by just doing it more often. Oh, okay. So, what is the the Falk? Is there any uh, special term? My initial, my first reaction was, you play for FC Copenhagen, you're not supposed to be able to do that. What's going like? That's just not allowed, uh, which is very unfair. But. <laughs> but, 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 but but I mean, one thing I noticed last night is 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 like it, it was it was the it was pretty much the exact same skill that that Fernando uh, Redondo did against yes, United. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. When he absolutely um, had uh, Henningberg on strings, and like that was that was another. Moment where where the fans literally gasped. There was actually there was a literally a sound of fans gasping uh, <laughs> because it was like, they were like, "What the fuck just yeah. happened there?" Yeah, um, yeah. Well played from the man pressing the buttons on the uh, sound effects in the uh, in the gantry. Uh, he nailed it for that for that particular moment. Um, yeah. So Rasmus Falk and Carl Johan Johnson, add them to your uh, summer Premier League shopping list. Can I, can I, can I just say one quick thing about uh, Rasmus Falk? In, in 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 that like he 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 obviously has this long flowing lock now, but if you if you Google image him, he has got a very Ruben Pinder style haircut when he was younger. <laughs> hey. Honestly, check it out. It's 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 a Pinder special. That's so that's oh. that's what that's where your future lies, Ruben. Oh, it, it, yeah, when, yeah. when you're about thirty, you're gonna do an amazing something amazing. Somebody else compared <laughs> him to me yesterday on Twitter. I wasn't sure whether to be offended or. <clears throat> it's the hair. I see it. I see it. Yeah, no, there's yeah. definitely. Uh, 
as a comparison there. You can't deny that, Ruben. He's a bit more ragged, isn't he? I think he looks he is, a bit yeah. more dishevelled. <laughs> He's lived a bit more, Ruben. There's, there's, there's those eyes. There's hurt in there, I think, you know. Same just thing. a Rasmus Falk I'm talking yeah. about here, not Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, look, let's move on because Manchester United will play again on Sunday night and uh, they'll need to get a good rest in after what was a pretty um, epic game of football. They're going to be playing the winners of Sevilla and Wolves, which is on tonight. Ruben, we know a good bit about Wolves. They're a very good team and there's every chance that they could win tonight. Um, but they've been going for a long time. United have been going for a long time. Wolves have been going for over a year without a break. So expect to see, I think, potentially a tired Wolves team. What about Sevilla? Because we we know with Sevilla that they have this incredible heritage in European football and particularly in the Europa League. Yeah, I mean, they won it three years in a row under Unai Emery, didn't they? Um, nailing that that pattern of winning the Europa League, coming third in your Champions League group, dropping back in, <laughs> um, playing like yeah. around less than everybody else. And then just uh, actually, no, it might have been around 32, but still, yeah, they, they really nailed that pattern. Um, and now managed by Julian Lopetegui, who you will remember ah, yes. for uh, leaving the Spain job the day before the World Cup and then having a very short spell at Real Madrid. Crying, crying in the press conference, of course. Yeah, it was bizarre, wasn't it? Um, but he's doing he's doing well there. He's got them top four anyway. So just like United, they've, they've qualified for the Champions League regardless. Um, and they've got some very good players, the likes of um, Ocampos, who used to play for Marseille. Um, Suso, who you'll know from the Liverpool days, and um, Reguilon, great, very good left back. I think they've signed him permanently from Real Madrid. Um, he had Chelsea fans very excited when they played um, uh, Roma, and Chelsea fans saying we should sign him instead of Ben Chilwell. Um, and very interestingly, Jesus Navas at 34 has basically played every game of the season at right back. Um, after you know years of being a kind of the most basic right winger ever, he's reinvented himself and he's become one of the best performing right backs in La Liga. So um, they're an interesting team. Um, one of one of the most handsome fullbacks, I, I, I assume as well. Yeah, incredible eyes, yeah. incredible eyes. Um, and at thirty four, he's still going strong. So um, they they will be very tricky. And like obviously, it's not the same group of players that won the Europa League under under Emery, but there's I mean, Ava Banega is still there. So, and and with Jesus Navas there, there is still probably that sense of almost what Real Madrid had in the Champions League, where they just have this kind of intangible mental quality that gets them over the line sometimes. So, um, I wouldn't want to come up against them if I was if I was Manchester United. But I also wouldn't want to come up against Wolves because Wolves are a very good side as well. Um, but yeah, but all... presumably United will want Wolves because they they know that it's a it's a more known, it's a more familiar test. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, but yeah, it should be a very interesting game between Sevilla and Wolves. What do you think, Naz? I mean, you've seen Wolves up close this season uh, playing United. They're a really good team, but would you prefer to get them than, than Sevilla at this stage? I'll, I'll be honest. I'd I'd, I'd prefer Sevilla uh, simply because I just can't take it. I, I, I can't take Wolves against United. Like like United United are are really sort of struggling for any sort of uh, coherent sort of play throughout the team. Um, it's all it's all about like moments of individuality, and and, and I can just imagine because because the last two games in the Europa League, United have been sort of boring to watch, and just the thought of Wolves versus United, 
where it's just going to be like a war of attrition. And, and like the thing is also that both both teams look absolutely knackered, and 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 I can just imagine the game being. You know, sometimes you get those 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 boxing matches where like they're just basically hugging each other from like the third round. Like, the, the, like occasionally they'll do they'll do like a little half half ass punch to the ribs or whatever or the back of the head, but really it's just the one long hug because they're both knackered. Like it'd be like that. So 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 I'm sure like I'm sure Sevilla are like a better team and 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 would be a more dangerous team to play. But to be honest, just to watch it, it would just be I think it would just be a more interesting game. Yeah, well, I mean, either way, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. We will be on air as well after that uh, game. Um, so make sure you're subscribed and all that sort of stuff to get all these shows into your feed. And um, what is a very busy August um, in football at the moment. Um, you mentioned, Nas, as well, that uh, you'd like to see some new players obviously arrive at United, bolster the squad. Unlikely to get Jadon Sancho in before uh, Sunday. Uh, I don't think the rules allow for it either way, but um, and even more unlikely that potentially we'll see him in a United uh, jersey next season after Borussia Dortmund sporting director Michael Zork, um, he insisted the decision is final, and that uh, yesterday was the deadline for United to sign Jadon Sancho, um, which was put in place by Dortmund. They set the deadline as August the tenth, and yesterday he said. Uh, we plan on having Jadon Sancho in our team this season. The decision is final. I think that answers all of our questions. And what's interesting is we know in these soap operas, these uh, you know uh, these transfer window soap operas, that of course this isn't final, and this will rumble on and on. And a lot of people pointing to the uh, some previous uh, instances where Michael Zork. Am I saying that, Ruben? Michael, M- Michelle, Zor- am, I, am, I, oh, yeah. am I on the right path? Okay. German is not my language, so go with, go with Michael. <laughs> Michael Zork um, has said stuff about players and then they've ended up in the teams that he said they wouldn't show. Um, Nods, are you refreshing Jadon Sancho on Twitter every 37 minutes to see if he's joined Manchester United? I am. I also. I also like. The, I also like the way you basically have just started to use Ruben like some kind of translation app. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, no matter what language. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like. It's like. Oh, Ru, Ruben, this Indian spin bowler. How do you pronounce his name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but yeah, no, no. It's a, it, it's. I mean, it's like like you say. Like everyone's pointing to the fact that. That uh, Dortmund have, uh, have in the past been uh, unequivocal about a, a player not leaving, and then soon afterwards they leave. I think it. I think it's inter- it's, it's also interesting, like the mechanics of like people reporting it is are fascinating. I, I find that just as fascinating as like the actual rumors and what's true or not, because you can tell when like all the all the sort of national uh, newspaper journalists get the same briefing off United, and they all there's like a string of like. Of like uh, tweets that are exactly the same, saying "Oh, United aren't put off, and uh, they 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 still expect to sort of uh, be in the run sign player, blah blah blah." So, so that's interesting. You've got Yana Agafiotov is obsessed. What is it with that man? So, like, like every every few, literally, it's not even every day. Every like twenty or thirty minutes, it's kind of like he's got a, he's got a different spin about what could be happening, and like it'll be something like. Read Jaden Sancho. Um, an important thing to note is that he is English, and because United are an English team, that would make sense in terms of the transfer. But 
he has also proved that he can play in Germany because he plays for a German team at the moment. And like, it's not, it's not like you, you, you are literally, he's, he's like rolling news that just got, has, has got to give you sort of wall to wall Sancho at all times. But it's, um, in, 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 ter- in terms of, you know, like I go back to sort of United's performance and the fact that United look really knackered. It, it, it again points to the fact that, that players like Sancho are desperately needed. And this isn't a situation like Liverpool or, or uh, other teams like City or whatever, where where they've got like a good squad and they just want to supplement that and make that even better and 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 get backup players like uh, Ake can sort of like be a reserve uh, f- um, defender uh, for, for for City. For United, they need first team options. They need proper first team options that are a downgrade on on the team and I and, and I ideally are better. Like I'd even argue that Sancho on his own would not be enough. Like in in terms of that. Attacking side of the team, I, I I think I think they should go after Sancho and Grealish because again, um, it's it's just giving more options to the team. It's uh, it can it can be a case of either either one of Pogba, um, uh, Grealish and uh, Bruno Fernandez are on the bench or can come on or or can give the others a rest rather than all the players having to play at the same time. And 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 the other thing is. The thing, the thing, the thing, the thing that, uh, as well as everything else, a thing that Grealish will bring is the protection of the ball. He's really good at protecting the ball, and United aren't great at that. He's really good at possession. He's he's really good at uh, sort of um, uh, sort of uh, playing under pressure and playing in tight spaces, and that that is something United lack. But the thing with Sancho is he is such a smart player, like he is such an efficient, smart player, and he always makes the right choice. And that is again something that that. For all the attacking prowess in United team, that is something they like. Uh, something, something they lack. A player who who is so efficient and and for someone so young to always make the right choice and to have the maturity to know that I don't need to dribble all the time, even though I can. I can play a one-two or the most effective way of uh, of sort of beating this team or beating this opponent opponent is to do this or to do that. He's just so good at it, and that's why he's so rare because 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 you, you never get. You never get players that young and that exciting and that individually talented who just know what to do with the ball. It's interesting you you do point to that <clears throat> that particular attribute that Sancho has, which in you know kind of the YouTube footballer world is not the most exciting attribute when it's like good decision making doesn't uh isn't overly elaborate doesn't show but when he doesn't have to because that doesn't make a good youtube compilation video and maybe that's also why united ruben are unwilling to pay the money that uh borussia dortmund want which is reportedly a hundred million pounds sterling which is an eye-watering amount of money um on sancho like where does he fit into the United team? And like, I know this is like, is he worth the money? It's not even a question that can be asked because at the end of the day, these numbers are just, they're plucked from wherever they're plucked from. But it's a, it will be a big price tag to put on his shoulders. And again, it is a lot of money from the kitty, I presume, whatever United will have to spend. And is he somebody that they should break the bank for? Yeah, I think he is someone that they should spend the money on, to be honest. Um, it is a lot of money, um, but it's Manchester United and... You know, I don't. It's not. It's not the fans' money, really. It's like the, they'll find it from somewhere. You know, it's United. They can afford it, so they should sign him because they haven't had a good right winger for years. Like, 
Antonio Valencia was okay. <clears throat> and, you know, then before him, they had, like, Nani. And, like, at the moment, like, they're playing Greenwood on the right, who's very good there. He's very two-footed. Um, but he can't play every game next season because he's, he's 18 years old and doesn't deserve that pressure and needs to be rotated and, you know, might need to be used through the middle should one of the other forwards get injured. Um, Lingard and Dan James and Juan Mata are all, you know, for their... For, for all for different reasons, not good enough. Um, and Jaden Sancho is the he's twenty years old and he's like one of the most exciting um, young talents in the world. He's he's a right footed right winger who chips in with a lot of goals, so he ticks every box for what United need. And despite what Michael Zork said, he will almost certainly go there. It's it's Dortmund are calling United's bluff because United want to want to come across as you know. Um, tough negotiators who are willing to walk away from it. They're not. They're absolutely desperate for him and they will pay the money just as they did with Harry Maguire. And Dortmund know what they're doing. They've they've done this before with Dembele. Um, they say absolutely no way. Um, and then Barcelona are like, oh, fine, all right, yeah, we'll pay you 105 million. And, and then the deal gets done. So the deadline and these comments, they're all just part of the sort of poker match, aren't they? And, and it, it will happened like don't if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen I, i'm not basing this on any on any insider knowledge just you know previous um transfers and 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 a hunch i think um because dortmund want the money like they, they there was a, a nugget in a great um i think it's yeah. an independent piece from miguel delaney they they want the money this summer because the market is going to deflate and they're keen to or at least complete the transfer this summer um even if it is in installments which seems to be the stumbling block at the moment but they want like on they want it signed that they will get you know like 120 million euros for him even if that's over the course of three years um they want that deal done this summer as opposed to as opposed to next summer or you know never so it will happen and he will be a brilliant signing i think yeah no uh, well look at i'm afraid i do think that one is going to run and run and probably right it could go the the, the whole way to the uh, the end of this transfer window um because the previous case that I'd mentioned at the start with Michael Zork was um, Dembele to Barcelona, which happened right at the end. And two months after, they'd said it's definitely not going to happen. So uh, it potentially will be the, the drama, the big transfer drama or saga this uh, this summer. They usually they usually do get resolved in the end. Which which is good news for Jan Agafiotoft. It is good news for his his content is uh, <laughs> secure. It's solid. He's he's got it banked for the next uh, six weeks or so. Um, let's move on to Champions League, and um, we like Nazi you already alluded to the fact there are some massive games coming thick and fast. So it's Europa League tonight, and then Thursday night, Leipzig against Madrid, uh, Atletico, I should say, um, Barca against. Uh, sorry, have I skipped a game? I have. Yeah, sorry. On Wednesday night. Tomorrow night, Atlanta versus uh, PSG. Then, as I say, Leipzig versus Atletico. Then Friday night, the big one, Barca against Bayern Munich and City against Lyon on Saturday night. So let's start with Barcelona against Bayern Munich. And let's start with this interview that uh, Ruben has uh, has been chatting to guys, Mendieta, who I'd forgotten did play for Barcelona um, on loan for a season. Um, I had remembered him from his Valencia days. Um, Gaetje Mendieta is part of BT's coverage of the UEFA Champions League and, of course, of the Europa League as well. And they'll be showing 
all the fixtures in both those competitions in the UK until the 23rd of August. Both the finals will be made available to viewers for free on the BT Sports app, btsports.com and the BT Sports YouTube channel. Okay, this is Ruben and Geiska. Geiska Mendieta, thank you very much for joining us. How are you? Very good, thank you. Pleasure to, to be here with you. So some very interesting Champions League quarterfinals coming up. Um, I wanted to focus on Barcelona versus Bayern Munich, the, the yep. two biggest teams left in the tournament. Um, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, well, exciting first, to, to, because it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a, an incredible game. The fact that it's one leg game, uh, tournament, uh, game uh, knockout state, uh, it makes it even more exciting. Uh, as a Barca, as a former player, I think it's the worst <laughs> team we can have at this stage. Uh, in the way they are, I see them probably being the favourites in the way they've been playing in their, in their own league, uh, the German league, and, and also the performances. I think the, the standards have been very high. Uh, Lewandowski being on fire, scoring goals. Uh, but in general, as a team, I think it's probably uh, the, the team that is performing at the highest level. Uh, again, it's, it's Barca with Messi. You have always to... You take them on consideration. You, you can knock them out. Uh, for me, the thing is that they've been quite unreliable in, in La Liga this season. So, I mean, it's not already a, a good start because you don't know how they're going to perform. You, you, you would expect that they do well. But uh, by being a question mark, it's, um, it's not good. Uh, and, and that's why, for me, it gives a, a bit of advantage to, to Bayern Munich. Uh, but again, you, you you might see Barca turning this around, knowing that it's uh, four games to to the final, uh, and and actually you know uh, performing at the level that they did in the beginning of of after the lockdown, which I think the first two games we saw the Barca uh, quite dynamic, quite quite high tempo, really switched on, and and then slowly the way they were uh, uh, not not doing so so well. So hopefully in the in the Champions League, that would be at that level. Yeah, but Barcelona haven't been at their best um, in recent mm. weeks. Obviously, they let Real Madrid overtake them in La Liga. Um, why yeah. do you think that is? Is it just a case of the team being a bit older than it was and some recent signings not working out? I don't think as much as with that, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the age or with the players being there for longer because they've won uh, many things. I definitely think the desire is there that the that the, the players still uh, performing. They've been, I think it's more to do maybe with, with the new signings in the way they've signed. It's taking uh, longer than, than, than probably expected in the way they perform. Uh, also, the, 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 the stoppage of La Liga didn't help those new players to, to settle and to adapt to the new football. It's like now they have to restart again. Um, so I think it has to do more with that. Uh, of course, changing uh, managers throughout the season doesn't help um, so all these things I, I think they've had an impact uh, in the team at the, at the level of performing at the, the uh, level that they should uh-huh. and Barcelona last season um, obviously we saw them get knocked out against Liverpool in such dramatic mm-hmm. fashion mm-hmm. Um, this time around obviously as you mentioned it's, it's a one-off game no second legs do you think that will um, play into their hands do you think they will benefit from that. Yeah, I think I think, I know by by no means. I mean, I mean, I say this in general. Like, it helps the, the teams that maybe 
people didn't think they do well. Uh, in this case, Barca Bayer both are at the same level, so I don't think he benefits either uh, in any way. I think he is better because players will have to be more focused. So there's less, less marching for error. Where when you have two leg games, you might be thinking, okay, we have 90 minutes, take it easier, and and we think more on the return game, especially if it's at, if it's at home. But in this way, I I, I think uh, it benefits the, the us watching the game. The players, again, the players will have to make sure they perform better, less marching for error. Um, and, and, and I think Barca, we're saying they don't perform well, so maybe the fact that we'll have to play less games will benefit them. But um, I think in this case, I think I see 50-50 Bayern, Bayern and, and, and Barca. Uh, in other in, in types, maybe, again, like I said, Atlanta, um, Lyon, because people thought, okay, you know, Man City easily could, could win the game. Now with one game, it's, it's different because a bad day, it, it, it means you're out and, and, and any, anyone can benefit from that. Look at Real Madrid with City, with bad day for Baran and, and, and City played really well and deserves to be there, but that, that would have meant uh, that, that you no chance to, to, to progress. Mm. And in Bayern's midfield, they have course former Barcelona playmaker Thiago who has been linked with a move away from Bayern Munich um, he was brilliant the other night against Chelsea how important do you think he will be in this game and what what does he offer Bayern Munich that he could maybe offer Liverpool in the future should he go there well he's, he's an, I mean I love him he's an incredible player uh, so skillful I think he's those type of midfielders that we don't see very often uh Anywhere and, and and whether he stays up by Munich or wherever he goes, he's, he's bring he brings talents. It's a it's a midfielder that he, that he can uh, break lines. He has last pass. He can even score goals. He's not a goal scorer, but he has the quality and the vision to do so. So whatever he ends up playing, it's, he, he adds up so much value and talent to the squad. And uh, a final word on, on Lionel Messi. He, he hasn't won the competition since 2015. Um, he's been in the headlines a lot this season about after, you know, internal conflict at the club. He seems incredibly determined to win the Champions League this season. He was brilliant against Inter Milan. Um, do, you th- do you think he will be able to carry Barcelona through this tie? Well, like you said, he's done it before. I'm sure he will. He will want to do it again. Um, and 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 if we know how important he is in in, in that, in, in Barca progresses, is because uh, I'd say almost 100 percent is because Messi has been involved in somehow in a goal, in an assist, or something. The influence of of, of Leo in the team uh, is massive. So hopefully for Barca, he will be in that day that everything works on his way. Uh, we see sometimes things are difficult. I'm sure Bayern Munich is going to try everything to stop him and to make him feel uncomfortable on the pitch. Uh, and it's something. I mean, again, like I say, he, he motivation won't be won't be a problem. Is sometimes you feel Barca needs something else. He needs he needs something to actually uh, give the oppos- the opponents something to think about else, not just about Messi. And I think sometimes he feels. Uh, in order to attract other players and allow him more freedom, something else as well. But like I said, hopefully uh, this Champions League will be uh, the one that he, that, he, that he desires and then he wins for Barca. 
uh, and 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 he performs at the level that we used to see him uh, throughout the seasons. Brilliant, guys, Comandiesta. Thank you very much for joining us on the football spin. Thank you, thank you. Guys, come in the out of there chatting to yourself, Ruben. It's interesting listening to, you know, your conversation about Barcelona's reliance on Messi. I was watching Real Madrid the other night and they didn't have Ramos. And, okay, can't compare Messi and Ramos. But it does feel like a time where both the giants of Spanish football are down to the bare bones. That they're, they just don't have the, the squads that they once have. And they are reliant on these older players. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and by the uh, way, older player Messi is still a genius, and he's got he's a god. So I mean, he's older, but he's still clearly like half the half the Barcelona team. Yeah, yeah. But but it, this is the thing with Barcelona; it's a failure on their part for not building um, for this future of you know a future where Lionel Messi is still great with the ball, but cut, but is not going to do a lot of running. And they've got this; they've got they've allowed this team to age so badly. That now Barcelona are not only reliant on Messi for moments of magic to win them games, as they kind of always have been, like as good as they were, um, they he was often still the man that came up and you know broke the deadlock. Um, but they've they've allowed this team to age to the point that Suarez and Messi can't press, so the whole team can't press as a unit. So like when they were brilliant, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, they were not only with it did they have so much possession, but as soon as they lost it in the opposition half, the whole team wanted to win it back within five seconds. And without that aspect of of um of the tactics, you you can't really do the other one. They kind of have to go hand in hand. So that's where I think Barcelona will come unstuck against Bayern Munich, who are just a better drilled, more dynamic, younger um, younger team but then, then again every time you know you can't really write Barcelona off as long as Messi exists they might they might survive they might keep it at nil-nil and then Messi bends in a free kick and they go through so I don't want to write them off completely but I'd be very surprised if Barcelona won this game I think Bayern will will dominate and it will be a very it'll be a strange experience for Barcelona having to um, you know play on the back foot um and yeah i i just i can't see them winning i can't i can't see them winning it, which is a shame because messi is absolutely desperate to win this champions league having not won it for so for so long well five years long time in his football career not to win the champions league um but yeah it's a failure on barcelona's part for allowing their team to to get like this because it was always clear that you know messi was eventually going to age and they should they should have built for that future but you know they've They've got an aging Suarez who who can't sprint anymore next to him, and it's uh, it doesn't it doesn't work. But they do still possess that individual quality. So as we're saying, they can still do good things, but they are nowhere near as good a unit as as they once were. Uh, Naz, just generally on the the eight teams that are left in the Champions League, Barcelona in years gone by would obviously be the team that people look at and go, well, they're going to be amongst the favourites. They're not really at the moment. I mean, what do you think of the teams left? Who do you think is going to be the winner of the Champions League? Who do you, who have you who have you been most impressed by? Well, I mean, I mean, the obvious answer is obviously Bayern. Um, they just look like the strongest team. But I, I, I still think that uh, City have got an amazing chance to win it. I just think uh, they 
they do look really good and they can beat anyone. Like 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 I, I know Real Madrid were were sort of shot them shot their own shot themselves in the foot and everything, but um I think City can beat Bayern. I think I think they're I think they're that good. I think Bayern Munich might be the better team, but I think I think City can definitely beat them, especially when you've got De Bruyne um I suppose I suppose the most intriguing uh element of the Champions League now is Atalanta. Uh just because that's an amazing story. Uh, just just the fact that they that they're sort of a relatively uh, sort of um, small team. The fact that uh, obviously uh, Lombardy was uh, and Bergamo were like hotspots um, for for coronavirus uh, in Europe for for so long, um, and 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 the fact obviously the. The area had to sort of deal with that, and uh, and obviously all the horrendous um, mortality rates and everything. So uh, it's an amazing story, and and obviously they play beautiful football. Um, and it's funny that that out of all the sort of you, you wouldn't out of all the sort of uh, Champions League uh, quarterfinals, you wouldn't perhaps choose Atalanta and PSG as like the standout um, mm. fixture. However, it kind of it kind of is just because it's. It's like the it's like the Panto game because you've got Atalanta who sort of um, basically symbolise everything that you want to root for in terms of this exciting uh, fresh team who you know always seeing this uh, this part of the competition playing amazing beautiful football and 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 all the concepts of how well they're doing and then you've got PSG who who. I don't think any neutral is particularly fond of. Uh, they they're seen as a team that that that, that sort of uh, by success who have got these. Obviously, this week we found out they did, that they're big parties every everyone's birthday. They they go go all out, hire out castles and uh, palaces, and uh, just this um, just this really sort of like uh, um, sort of cash rich club that you that you that you can't really. It's very difficult to like. So that's the, that's the. That's the fixture that that I think is perhaps most exciting, and uh, it, unfortunately, as with all these things, it's 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 always the team that you don't want to win that that end up getting a jammy goal or or something happens or like you'll get like a little bit of an individual skill and mm-hmm. that'll be the end of Atalanta. But um, I'd love it. I'd I'd love it in the words <laughs> of Kevin Keegan if uh, if Atalanta get through. That game is definitely the one that I'm most looking forward to from a football <clears> point of view. Um, but also, as as you mentioned, Nos, the narrative behind it is is incredible. You know, the best thing about Atalanta is that every baby born in Bergamo gets sent an Atalanta kit. Um, because uh, AC Milan and Inter are, are not far um, down the road. So, every, the, you know, the club just want to keep every fan they can in Bergamo. So every every baby gets one. I wonder how effective that is. Um, well, I mean, at the moment, probably probably very effective because Atalanta are brilliant and AC Milan are shit. But um, yeah, I, I'm. I think we're all rooting for Atalanta in that one. Um, and a lot of people are relying on PSG's uh, history of bottling Champions League ties to get very optimistic here for for an Atalanta win. Um, but I just wonder whether they're a slightly different beast this time. And I know they're without Mbappe and Di Maria suspended, but I wonder whether that will make them play more cautious, more sensible football um, and maybe play like three midfielders instead of their normal 4-2-4. Four, four. 
Um, so it will be a brilliant game for sure. Tactically, it will be very fascinating. Um, but I want Atalanta to win, but I'm not 100% sure they will. Who's your shout for Champions League at this stage? Uh, Bayern, I reckon. I think Bayern are the best team in the competition. Um, not, as Nod says, City could beat them, definitely. City can beat anyone in a one-off. Um, but I just think like the form that Lewandowski's <clears> been in this season, um, Serge Gnabry as well, Thiago, they, they, the way they've evolved their defence to put move Alaba into centre-back and put Alfonso Davies at left-back, just like a very, very clever move there. Um, I think they they look like the best team, the most well-rounded team. Like They have the fewest weaknesses and their their att- attacking strengths are, are obvious. So yeah, uh, Bayern would be my bet. Just, just, quick, just quickly, mm. Ruben. Um, what, do, what do you make of Thiago? Like, like as, as in sort of like, uh, is, is he still the player he was? Would he be, a, would he be an amazing addition for the Premier League? Yeah, Thiago is Thiago is the boy. Um, I've, got, I've actually got a Bayern shirt with Thiago's name on the back from the thirteen fourteen season. Um, I've, I've been a Thiago fanboy since he, in, in a preseason friendly, right against against Bayern Munich. Actually, he absolutely ran the show for Barcelona. And I was absolutely baffled as to why Barcelona allowed him to leave um, like they did in 2013. I think it was because they didn't give him enough appearances to trigger his release clause going up. So Bayern were able to get him for like 20-something million, which was just... I mean, you look how well he's done there. It's, it's been an absolute bargain. But yeah, he's he's so complete. Like, he can play as a 6, an 8, or a 10. Um, he's He's intense off the ball and obviously technically superb, superb with it. So... And that, yeah, he's been linked to Liverpool, and I think he would provide Liverpool with something that their midfield doesn't have. Obviously, Wijnaldum, Henderson, etc. They 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 do a different job to many midfielders in that team in the sense that they're there to kind of protect against the counter attack, allow the fullbacks to to go forward and express themselves. And Thiago can can do that defensive side of the game, but he'd also add that sort of sprinkling of magic that sometimes Liverpool lack when they're trying to break down a deep block so if and apparently by all accounts he wants to go there so I don't know why Liverpool um, haven't done more yet to, to, to bring him in but maybe they will I like the fact we're doing our bit here for the um, some of the uh, the older transfer possibilities here. Thiago, Carl Johan, Rasmus Falk, you know, they're all on the 29-30 <laughs> mark, but here we are just trying to drum up some business, you know. I love seeing the Premier League. I mean, just I'd, to see... I, I'd, I'd love to see him in Premier League, but not at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah I will, I reckon. Because he's so good. And he almost went to United all that. Oh, I'd love him. He'd, he'd, don't, do you not think he'd be great for United? Like, like, like yeah. just that. Because even, even, even against, even, even last night's game, they, they seem to think that Fred's this holding midfielder and he's not. No, he's not, is he? He's just, only, he, he only played there because like injuries meant that him and McTominay suddenly had to become a midfield duo. But that, that was the, like never the plan. Um, but I, I don't think you could play Thiago, Pogba and Fernandez in the same team. But, yeah, brilliant player. Okay, well, look, we should leave it there. Um, look, thanks so much uh, to both uh, Az Chowdhury and to Ruben Pinder. Nice to hear from Gaith Gamendieta as well. We will be back later in this week to uh, look at all the, everything that's happened in the Champions League. So make sure that you, if you haven't already done so, click subscribe and you will never miss a show. Um, thanks very much for listening. We'll talk again soon. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Ole Gunnar, 
Where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes, then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave.